Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. Considered to be among the best debut albums of all time, we're heading to Las Vegas to see what the fuss is all about. And we mean the hot fuss by the killers, to be exact. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Thank you for joining us each week for what we firmly believe is the best in music and movie podcasting. Right, Eric? Indeed. Shout it from the mountain. Shout or, it from the mountaintops. Or, we from, are your, the or best. from your couch. <laughs> <laughs> or from your armchair. Yeah, right wherever. here in, in Maryland. Brett Frederick, Comfy. Maryland. There you go. Comfy, cozy. We're going we're gonna yes. to shout it from wherever we are. If you're That's on a right. lounge chair, a bar stool. That's right. Uh, wherever it is, d- spread the word for us. We would appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to us on Spotify, you can give us a review. You can actually, on, on the mobile app, you can't do it on the test- desktop, but on the mobile app, you can give us a review. Uh, swipe your finger all the way over to the right, and that'll give us five stars. And that's like awesome. Yes. And that's for much more than that, right? Yeah. And we <clears throat> we would totally appreciate it if you did, because we yeah. do consider this to be a fine, fine podcast. It's, yeah. uh, we're a year in, and uh, it's just getting better and better. So, yeah. If yeah. this was like, uh, if this was a restaurant, this would be like a Michelin <laughs> star, like restaurant, right? <laughs> so this is what you're getting from yeah. this is what we feel we're presenting with podcasting is, you know, uh, deluxe, deluxe fine dining. This is the fine dining of podcasting. So absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, w- no better way to, to kick off, uh, the fine dining course for tonight. The main course is going to be, uh, the killers mm-hmm. and their album hot fuss. So let's jump into the stats and, uh, we'll, we'll get it rolling. We've got a interesting, uh, scenario around there. It was released in 2004. So we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Um, produced by Jeff Saltzman and the killers. All the songs were written by, the Killers, uh, but Brandon Flowers was the main vocalist. He's the lead singer. He was the, he was the main uh, lyricist. Yeah. And then other members of the Killers were kind of in and out songwriting duties. Hit number seven on the charts, the Billboard charts. There was four singles released from this album. Mr. Brightside hit number 10. Mm-hmm. Somebody Told Me hit number three. All These Things That I've Done hit number 74. Mm. Smile Like You Mean It. Did not chart on the regular charts, but it was on one of the alternative charts. Um, a fun goes, fact. Goes, it figures. It just absolutely figures that my favorite track 
is is number seventy four. It's it's not. It's, you know, well, of course, it's not on the big. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let, let, we'll we'll dive into that. Of course. Yeah. We'll, yeah. well, you know what? It, it's it's a trap. Like, yeah, number seventy four does not uh, encapsulate what that song is. Let's put no. it that way. Right. It's, that that sure. is a uh, a travesty. Absolutely. Yep. Let's put it that way. But uh, probably, you know what? It, it's one of those ones that you would probably at the time here on like a, a, a rock and roll station. Like it, it's one of those like deeper tracks that would be released as a single, not popular, but would be like popular with like the rock stations. It was, it's kind of like that, that yeah. song to me, but yeah, I agree. Um, yep. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll get into it a little bit more. I got more mm-hmm. trivia. I'm not stopping. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you the man. Don't, don't stick your leg out and trip me. How dare you? I already fell. I already fell once in February. Uh, Mr. Brightside holds the the UK record for the longest time on the singles charts. It was two hundred. It's been on. For, it was on for two hundred and sixty weeks, which is five years. Wow! So it is a much beloved song in the UK. Uh, it's one of the biggest streamed songs, streaming songs in in the UK as well. The album Hot Fuss, uh, three times platinum, seven million worldwide, and then all their albums. Uh, total over 28 million copies sold mm. worldwide. So these guys are no slouches. No, no. You, know, no, and and you may still... or may not have heard of the killers. They, they kind of aren't, you know, they, they kind of had a, a two or three album cycle where they were really big and really hot, but they're still plugging away. They've got a new, they're working on new music as we speak. Yeah. But you know, where 2004 is kind of where we're going to kind of center the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Do you remember the two? I mean, two uh, thousands. I mean, it I was. It was. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> well, it's the thing. It's like to me. Yeah, I do. But it, it's like the decade <laughs> itself went by so quick. Yeah, that it was you know, musically, and and I can't really put my finger on what was the pulse of the music at the time. The films. Yep. The it, it was bands like this that were pretty much prevalent, and uh, you know, uh, Killers, Franz Ferdinand, The yep. Strokes. Um, they were you know very similar. In, in, yeah. in their in their sound too which was interesting too but yeah i just to me I, it's like you know revisiting this album was like it was it was really nice because it's like I almost felt like this was one of those things that i wasn't i was paying attention but i it it, it it's almost 18 years old yeah already i mean god you know that that's yeah, it's, it's crazy that blows and, my mind and and yeah. this album actually pair and this album and 2004 pairs well with the acdc uh, episode we just did yeah because we talked about ACDC. Why was it the second biggest selling album of all time? What was going on with that? And you had said, well, there was kind of a, a drought of music where where there wasn't that hard rock slash metal. Mm-hmm. You know, it you know, it was getting kind of ballady or or directionless. And then ACDC just kind of comes in. Yeah. And just kind of yep. kind of kicks the door in. And for me, I remember at the time when this album came out. I'm like, these guys could be the saviors of rock and roll because like you said, in, in, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of, you know, there was alternative, there was the emo stuff going on. There was a lot of stuff, <laughs> but there wasn't like rock and roll. There was so many other yeah. splinter genres that were getting popular. There was a lot of rap. You know, if, if we look just just quickly, we'll, you know, I'll roll off some of the albums that were big in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, College Dropout by Kanye West. Uh, the, you said Franz Ferdinand, their mm-hmm. debut album, which yep. was which was a big one. Uh, the debut album by Arcade Fire, but but they're not really rock and roll either. They're kind of something else. There was uh, Eminem uh, on his encore album came out. 
Nor Jones. Jones. Nor Jones' second album had come out. Um, yeah. So there's just all this different stuff. Uh, Brian Wilson's Smile, his redo of Smile came out in 2004. So there's a lot of different things. The only thing close to rock and roll was how to dismantle an atomic bomb by U2. Yeah. American Idiot would come out in 2004, but it would be it would be in September of 2004. That would change things. So, yeah, it was a little bit later in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of bands sort of going back and, and doing like a lot of... Uh, People like Nora Jones, for example, like we, you know, we talked, we talk about her and and how she came back and did this sort of like retro country jazz thing. And and a lot of, a lot of people sort of gravitating towards that revisiting music from the past. Right. I mean, even, <clears throat> even bands like this were, were kind of, it's like an, almost like an analgorum of uh, a post-punk new wave, <laughs> uh, but with, with a hard edge to it. Right. I mean, it was like, it had yeah, that I'll- heavy keyboard in it and. Let, you know. let me give you the descriptors for the killers. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you could call it the kitchen sink. Uh, alternative rock, indie rock, post-punk revival, new wave, heartland rock, pop rock, synth pop, pop, glam rock, synth dance pop. rock, dance pop, yeah. arena rock, and electronic rock. That is everything. And that it, it literally if, if is. You listen, and if you listen to this album, it's all there. In, in, in it, hot it, it is it is it, it's hard rocking you can dance but you can dance to it, it it's uh, got 80s throwback uh yeah synths in it but it's yeah. got some dance elements and it's got the glam feel to it a very extraordinary album to be mm-hmm. honest yeah that they, they they go from from song to song and, and it's not that it's so jarring because it's not but everything just kind of fits in they do go from like a an 80s synthy song to a a song that's uh, largely guitar driven, but you don't Mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, this is something like totally different. Or it's like another band doing something like they're just totally not, not cohesive. It's a very cohesive album for us, for the different sounds that are on it. Yeah. You just hit the head, the the nail on the head right there. When you said it's, it's not jarring, right. It, It kind of just rolls out. And it's like, the more you listen to it, the more, like, I felt like a lot of the music of that, of that decade was like that where the, there was really, there was stuff that being released and this stuff, you just kind of, you know, you sort of like, you know, it didn't hit you right away. It just, it was just there and it just kind of rolled out and you were just, you know, taken in by it and you had to listen to it a couple of times and you caught on and you really got into it. And, and you know, I felt like I was always questioning, like, what exactly is this? Like, what, what, <laughs> what, what where are we going with this? What, what are yeah. they trying to do here? Yeah. Um, they're just throwing, like you said, like everything. It, it sounds you know, like they're just the, throwing it. Yeah. It into sounds the like big they're just throwing everything at the wall and say, let's just yeah. do it. But that would sound like a hot mess instead of hot fuss, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Right. But- <laughs> and what you would think like with, with all those descriptors I just read off, you would yeah. think this, this has got to be just, uh, you can't, uh, unlistenable. Like they're trying too many different things. Yeah. But it's so just smartly put together and smartly written and, and, they don't beat you over the head with the 80s. It's there, and then it goes away. They don't beat you over the head with the dance. It's there. It's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a puzzle that they have all these different pieces of these different types of influences that they have, and they 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 fit them together. And sometimes it's within one song where you've got some synth stuff and some guitar, and then some songs are just mainly guitar-driven, and then some are just mainly like dancey driven yeah. So it's really a unique album. Like usually, and, and especially for a debut album, it's kind of risky mm-hmm. to, like you said, you would think that, well, what's what's the statement they're making or what are they? 
I think at this point, it's like, who cares? Like, we're not really trying to make any statement. We're making every statement. Yeah. We're, we're, like, we're this trying is to say it are. all. This is what we are. This is what we love. Yeah. Uh, and we're going for broke here. And I, I yeah. feel like, again, a lot of a lot of artists were, were doing that. They were kind of challenging themselves by, by, you know, bringing in their own stuff or, or they, they could be writing their own music or, or, or taking old music and writing lyrics to it or whatever. So it just, it seemed like anything goes in the, in the two thousands. Yeah. Like it was just <laughs> coming out of like, you know, nine 11 post nine 11, everything's sort of cynical, you know, but yeah. the music really didn't reflect that. I don't feel like that there's bands like this. They were trying to re rejuvenate something, you know, they had a pulse on something. Yeah, they, that was they, just, they did. You know, you know we, yeah. we would see the cynicism with American Idiot. I mean, that would kind of be the yeah. the the propping up of that the Bush era cynicism and mm -hmm. you know that that whole kind of thing. But again, this came out before, and it was just something totally different. And yeah. it grabbed. I remember when it came out because it grabbed me right away. I was yeah. like, Mister Brightside was like in my ear. Uh, the video, you know, with Eric Roberts uh, was just like always i was always watching it and it was just kind of you know we'll, we'll get to it let me let's give a little background <laughs> about the killers before we yeah. go they were for, they were formed in nevada in 2001 dave kuning or kuning kuning i got it uh and brandon flowers were the first two main members and then there was a, a bassist and a drummer um and and they were touring around you know 2002 live performances really weren't that all that kind of erratic you know they needed a change so they they mm -hmm. dropped they dropped the drummer and the bassist. They got Ronnie Venucci Jr. on the drums and they got uh, Mike Stormer on bass. That became the killers. Yeah. You know, that became the whole, that that became the core and that's what they've been throughout. Uh, the guitarist, uh, you know, uh, Dave Kuning and and the bassist Mike Sturm, Stormer have come and gone recently. Like, well, they'll, they won't tour just because of, of, of issues, but they're still considered members of the band. So it's still that, that four person unit. Mm-hmm. They would record a whole bunch of demos uh, for for what would become this album. They would get signed, you know, while they're and they're doing these demos. And then uh, Brandon Flowers hears the debut album by The Strokes, yeah, and says, "This is the best thing ever. How could we're not going to be able to to top it? Like, how could we?" So they end up re-recording everything except for Mr. Brightside. They leave that. They listened to the re-recordings and they're like, well, this doesn't have the same energy as the demo. So they went ahead, they went back to the demos and used the demos <laughs> and, and had those, yeah. had those mixed yeah. uh, because it, you know, it, it had that, it had the energy and God that if, if there's one word for this album, it's energy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, he, or as, as Spock would say, pure energy. energy. Pure energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The um, Motara Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> and the killers are in there yeah right <laughs> yeah brandon flowers it, it, it's just i just want to comment on him just from you know from the start i mean he's got an amazing voice i mean i i one of the standout vocalists i think you know young it was so nice to hear somebody so fresh yeah. with with a vocal that just really hits you right away and you know that they they do the the album used this effect called echo farm which I guess was everybody was, you know, when you really think about it, a lot of people were using that reverb echoey kind of thing in the two thousands. I mean, people like Beck mm -hmm. were, were doing, were doing, you know, then you had like some of the indie you know, uh, bands like uh, my morning jacket and, you know, they would, they had this heavy reverb, that vocal effect. I mean, this was quite, not quite like that, but 
But to me, it's like because his voice was so great, I always felt, well, it didn't really need it. It yeah, didn't need he, that effect, you know. You know like what it, it sounded like it. It sounded yeah. like he was singing in a mega, almost into like a megaphone. Like yes. that's what the that's what the Echo Farm. Yeah, one of the things Echo Farm did is it, they they from you know from what I read the, the producers kind of you know there wasn't a lot of tools and plugins for vocals, so right. Echo Farm was what you had. So they loaded it up and they just left it on the default, mm-hmm. <laughs> like didn't even try yeah. to fool around with it. <laughs> And, and that's yeah. what you get. And, and so, and, and so when you listen to, to Brandon flowers on this album, it sounds almost like through like an overdriven microphone or like a megaphone. Yeah. You know, it has like, like that, a, that it's like a delay. Process, yeah. That processed yeah. sound a little bit, you know, that yep. little bit of a crunchy sound where, where you're saying, yeah, he's got such a clean voice. Uh, absolutely. Such a clean and, vocal. Putting, putting that echo farm on, it kind of gives it a, a little, a little bit of dimension where it normally would be, Oh, this is such a pretty voice, you know? And yeah, Normally, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like when when vocals are processed like that or over processed. It's like, yeah. oh. But in this case, it works because it's 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 part of the the tapestry of this album. You know, it's, yeah. it's another layer in in what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I you know, I, I it the fact that it, it it's pretty much the whole album. You know, <laughs> I could see this happening on like maybe a few songs, one or two songs, but you know, it kind of threw me that it was like they were using this effect pretty much on yeah. the whole record, and it's interesting. But I don't know. I don't, from my, from my taste, I think it kind of wore out its welcome a little bit. But I mean, I could see what you're saying. It, it did add something to the overall polish and the sound of the record. Um, but yeah, uh, it was but, definitely a decision that they made. Yeah. And said, okay, we're, you know, yeah. we're going to go, we're going to go with this. We're going to kind of, and, and it became part of the style of the album. So it wasn't, oh, there's that one song that sounds weird. It's like, okay, this is just how the, this is how the killers yeah. sound. Like, this is what it is. And, mm-hmm. The way I look at it now, in the beginning, I, when I first heard it, I, I was like, "Oh, but the songs are just so damn catchy <laughs> that you yeah. can't like you, you right. get like you give it up." I, I gave it a pass because when you hear Mister Brightside, it's like, "God, that that thing was in my ear. It wouldn't leave back <laughs> yeah. then." I swear to you, I was listening to that thing, that song, all the time. If I, if I wasn't listening to it, I was watching the video on YouTube or if it was on MTV. Still, yeah. um, it was just everywhere, and it was such a such a like a fast and powerful and quick fast moving song that it just kind of it, it kind of grabbed it. if you if you're a pop fan like me it just it hits your hits well, your yeah, right the, the sound the of it does house. but i mean but the the you know the lyrics of of it it punches you right in the gut though it's a, yeah. it's it's, it's basically one it's, one one verse repeated twice but it's like that you know yeah. that's the the thing but the you know the 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 what it's about is is kind of messed up it's it's it really you know you get that weird kind of feeling in your stomach when you're when when anybody talks about cheating or you know that you know that kind of thing where you know that the idea of that happening and and so when you listen to the song in that context it's like oh you know it's like really it really gets you yeah it's yeah it's 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 so descriptive you know yeah right Uh, she's touching his chest now you know it's it's like all like you know you know my stomach is sick like it's very descriptive but you feel it you you know it's so quick and so staccato though too that you kind of have to listen to catch it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, boom, boom, boom. The, the lyrics are just like, bang, bang, bang. Uh, and, and you've got that guitar in it and it's got the keyboards. It's got all the, it's got all the elements of, you know, it, it's probably the prototypical killer song, you know, and, and yeah. why not? Because it's got all those elements, but, uh, 
God. And that's not even, that's like the, was that the second song? The the first song though, uh, the opening track, Jenny was a friend of mine. Oh, the bass on that song. Oh, the, ba- yeah. the bass on, the way that song opens, <laughs> yeah. I, I picture that as being like the opening song when they tour. Like I, I could picture that being the song they open with because uh-huh. it's got that bass, it's got that plucky bass and it's got this chunky, chunking guitar. It's just like, you know, when you listen to this album, it's like you get so much you get so many different things out of it. So if you're a hard rock fan, you're going to get that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you if you like '80s throwbacky stuff, it's gonna you're going to get that. But none of it's gimmicky. That's the weird. That's the thing about no, it's it. You, not. you think, it, oh, this is some kind of gimmick. They knew it, they knew exactly what they were doing. They it was really it's really a smart, well put together record in the, in that regard. Because like I said, I mean, it just it having those um elements to it like you know just to, just the right amount of keyboard it doesn't overpower the song because there's just just enough guitar you know that sort of offsets the keyboard and it just it it, it you know it it, it they come it, that stuff comes in at exactly the right moments you want to get up doesn't and dance. Overstate you, it's well it doesn't overstate it's welcome you could get up and dance you, you know if you want to i mean yeah. it, it really uh, yeah i there aren't there aren't really that many albums uh in modern in the modern era that that can do that. I feel, I don't know. I just, you know, there's, there's too much emphasis, I think on, on going back to the past somehow. Like I, I, I'm, I'm an old school kind of guy. I like old music and there's, there are certain people that I do really love, but for the most part they're in this, in this age of, of nostalgia and, you know, it's everywhere, you know, music, yeah. movies, you know, so, but, you know, but this, this band, they, they sort of like, a, they, they really knew how to, kind of give you that but but not hit you over the head with it yeah and that's that that's what's so fabulous yeah they, they distilled what they did yep. is they distilled those different elements down yep. and none of the none of the elements overstayed their welcome yeah right so they would yeah. use it they, they would use it maybe heavily in one song like the keyboards and then it would kind of dip in and out of another song where the guitar would be in mm-hmm. um just just very smart i mean uh, it's yeah just i i what am I going to say? I'm, spe- I'm speechless only because here we go. Here's the gushing mode. No, because it was a because it was a time when there wasn't a lot of good music out, right? So w- I was listening to like yeah. some of the older stuff, or still listening to some of the grunge right. stuff from the '90s. Yeah, the leftovers. The, the that grunge were... wave had come and gone. I mean, that was relatively short lived in the yeah. '90s because then it evolved into like who do we have? We had uh, Dave Grohl. I mean, pretty much he was he sort of carried yeah. over. You know, he's still doing it. He's still out there. I mean, you know, so. Perhaps maybe people like him inspired guys like the, you know, like the killers to get together and, and do this kind of thing. Foo Fighters, you know, I could see that being an influence for this, for this kind of, of sound. You know, you go from Nirvana, which was a lot more harder edged and, and, yeah. and, and crispy and, and, and grungy. And then you get the Foo Fighters, which is a little bit more upbeat and just for, you know, really uh, like Everlong to me could be like a forerunner to some, a lot of the songs yeah. on this record, I feel, especially that, that heavy, you know, hi hat, the drums and the, and it just, you know, the, the way the song kicks in with the guitar mm-hmm. and the, and then it just, and it just <laughs> freaking hits you and it just starts going and you're and you're in, you know? So yeah, I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff on this record is, is reminiscent of that, of that sound. So that could be, so yeah, I think he, you know, he, like, I think we pointed that out in the, in the Nirvana episode that Dave Grohl, could have saved rock and roll. And I think yeah. you might give, you might give him some credit for this, for this particular yeah, sound. It, it could you know? be, I mean, it was definitely, yeah. th- there was that drought. 
Yeah. You know, especially in, in, in the 2000s, because, you know, in the early 2000s, it was Britney Spears and it was all that kind of stuff was popular, <laughs> yeah. too. It was right. all that stuff was kind of on the charts. And yeah. and the rock, the pure rock stuff really was non-existent, right? Because because like we said, grunge had kind of evolved into like an alternative grunge or a poppier grunge, alternative pop. It got very and that moody. Was kind of, and that, was, and that yeah. kind of ran its course by the yeah. by the by the early 2000s. That was kind of done yep. as well. So it was kind of. Kind of like a barren wasteland, and and, and this kind of <laughs> pops up, right? Franz Ferdinand, yep. uh, Kings of Leon w- pops up yes. around this time as well. Yeah. So you start another to see fan. like another yep. resurgence. You start to see another groundswell of kind of of like traditional style rock music. You know, when I say traditional, meaning guitar based, mm-hmm. uh, which is what the Killers are, but they have those other enhancements too. They they have a wink and a nod back to Flock of Seagulls and a wink and a nod to some of that eighty yeah. stuff. But they're not exactly ripping it off. They're kind of you. You're kind of listening, like ah, okay. I like I, music that moves. Hear, like I've always yeah. said it. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times going forward. Say I it mean, one I, more time. <laughs> I love groove. I like music, rock music that moves. That that you know that heavy that heavy rhythm is was is 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 key. Is, is I think in, in in rock. I mean, when there's too much guitar and it's that, and the emphasis is too much very guitar driven and just sort of, you know, that, that kind of gets to you after a mm-hmm. while. I like a song that I would rather much hear bass and drums and, you know, maybe some more rhythm guitar than Lynn Lee guitar, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of always felt that that was more my, my cup of tea in, in this, every, that they back all the way back to the who, yeah. you know, these bands like, like the stones and that kind of thing too. So, well, I mean, but uh, you know, somebody, somebody told me that about you. <laughs> took a couple seconds yeah well there took you a couple go seconds he got it somebody mm-hmm. told me <laughs> how to get one in how to, get, how get, to sneak get, one in i had to take a big gulp of my ginger so, ale so you said um <laughs> when when we went through the singles and i said all all these things that i've done at number yeah. 74 you kind of grimaced and grunted and uh snorted <laughs> I don't know. Some, bad, some, dis- some disappointment was some evident. disdain was there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was evident. <laughs> your 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 annoyance at its chart position was was evident. Why? I just because it's my favorite track off the record. I, it's such a powerful song. I mean, you know, the way it starts off, and you know, it's like it, it reminds me of an '80s tune. It, it 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 has that that sort of vocal effect um and then it just kicks in and it builds up and i just love that then and then it boom and it goes right into it and and i just love the way they songs like that rev up Mm -hmm. and get you you know so i'm surprised that it it, that this wasn't a bigger a bigger hit yeah you know i've heard it i've i mean i've other i've heard people who have said that they love this album would cite that as one of their favorite tracks as well yeah I've I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Yeah, I'm I'm just really <laughs> surprised that it wasn't the big, you know, one of the bigger hits. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's well, this is one of those albums. Uh, like, uh, first first five songs out of the gate is are going to knock you dead. I'm actually going to go with with the first seven are going to knock you <laughs> yeah. are, are going to knock you on on your ass. Like, yeah, it's just one after the other. It, it's it's a momentum building. It's it's an album that kind of build, builds momentum with each song, and and they're 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 not the same, but they're reminiscent of each other because because they have a lot of the same elements. Like Mister Brightside is not, doesn't sound anything like somebody told me, but it's got a lot of the same elements in in the tempo and the pacing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of 
are, are, are kind of getting lifted up, like you said, with the opening track, which is kind of epic and, and bombastic feeling. And then mm-hmm. the album just kind of takes, it's almost like a plane. It just kind of takes off and just keeps going higher and higher. And th- those first, first six or seven songs just kind of keep building on that, you know, and, and you get that, um, all, you know, all the things that I've done, uh, is, is the fifth song. And it's, it's probably one of the strongest ones. Like you said, I, I'm surprised too. I'm kind of glad it wasn't a giant hit because I can really, I, 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 it's one of those ones I'm glad that wasn't overplayed because I can yeah. enjoy it and kind of be like, this is like a, an excellent song that got some airplay, but can still kind of, it's still like a hidden gem. Like you're saying, it's kind of like that diamond diamond in the in rough. The rough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it kind of, it, 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 to me, it kind of anchors the record. You know, the fact that, you know, it could, but it could be a great opening track. I think, yeah. you know, could start the record off. I mean, just the way, it, you know, the way it kicks in that little. It could be an ending track too. I mean, it's got all yeah. the. Yeah. It, it's got the pedigree. It's got the pedigree of just a great song. And that's the yeah. thing about it. I think, like I said, I think that's like the, this is the one that I think that rock pe- rock fans would kind of gravitate towards, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's got, it's got those trappings. Um, I hear echoes of you too on this album also either, yeah. either, either in the guitar work, I, uh, Brandon flowers doesn't sound like Bono, but there's echoes of it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there's like echoes of these. I see other what you're groups, saying. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's and, got and that, I, uh, range. He's got that, um, that pitch. That yeah. I, just, I can't pinpoint that, it. Project that voice to, you know, that really it, it, it in itself can, you know, really, uh, with headphones or whatever. I mean, it really, and it's all around the room. Like he's got that kind of voice that surrounds you, you know, like, and a lot of singers yeah, like that, I always admired. I mean, yeah, he's got great, years, he's got great you know. phrasing uh, as well, yeah. um, which I, which I like, it's kind of like, like with Mr. Brightside and somebody told me, it's like mm-hmm. the, the way that the phrases are broken up and delivered. It's, it's not, they don't, he doesn't customarily sing long lines or kind of like short phrases that kind of get or, or get to the point quickly and then move on to the next thought. Yeah. Which I, I kind of really like. So it, ke- it keeps the song moving. It's kind of like, oh, okay, the next thing. Okay. Like kind of keep feeding you information, which I and really he's, like. And he's not afraid to, um, there's a song off, a, a track off the second record. Um, uh, when I was young, I think it's called. Uh, when you were young? Yep. When you were young. Yep. He's got that, he's trying to do that vibrato thing. He's breaking his voice up. He's got this really cr- clean beautifully toned voice, but he's like purposely trying to break up his voice. Like, you know, yeah. it's like this throttle in his vocal, which I th- thought was amazing. It's like, wow, this is, you know, you really don't need to do this, but he's doing it because it, it for the song and what it's about. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like that kind of emotive type of approach to singing. It's not just belting it out and, you know, you, you, you know, the nuances of what you're doing in the songwriting and, you know, you apply it you know, yeah. exactly where it needs to be. So that's, yeah, and, you know, and, that's, and that's the great. great and, and the great thing yeah. about this album, because we'll, and we'll get to, to Sam's town, which was the follow-up in a little bit. Yeah. Because this album was so diverse, it's like, well, where, where do you want to go with the second album? And they literally could write their own ticket because yeah. they could go, you know, they ended up going on, on a, more of a rock track. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, that was where they decided to go, but they could have easily said, well, we're going to veer more towards the dance or we're going to veer towards the, the synth because everything was equally doled out. The album wasn't like, oh, this was a rock album. Now they're trying to do synth. It's like the album was so, was such a patchwork of different textures yeah. that the next album could, could be a toss up. 
And, and I'm, gl- I'm right. glad they didn't try and do like a, a, a hot fuss too. Cause then it might've been a hot mess too, you know, because yeah. it's just more of the same, but they, but they kind of were able to, to kind of, kind of write that ticket. And this has widely become, been called on a lot of the lists. One of the best debut albums of all time. Yeah. You know, it is, it is that strong of a release, you know, and, and like I said, don't let number 74 kind of fool you <laughs> or smile like you mean it, which well, didn't I, chart. Yeah. You know, like don't don't for for people that are listening, don't let don't let that fool you because this is just an a really strong album. And then and then that song on top, which starts with like that the synth, it's like doom 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 do 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 do. It's like <laughs> it's like what am I listening to? It's like I don't like like you 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 like each one is like a is yeah. like a surprise. Each song is like a surprise as it kind of unwraps. You don't know if you're gonna get a rock song. You don't know if you're gonna get an eighties or a dance. And, and, but like I said, it just strangely fits and it doesn't sound yeah. like, like, Oh, they're, they're trying to gimmick and they're trying to ga- game the system. It's like, this is what they do. And they just do it. So well, this, well. Is, this was an album that I felt like I, I connected with, with a lot of people, people who were younger than me were really into this record. Even my son, uh, my oldest son was, was, this is more, I, you know, I would consider this more his, your oldest, your oldest son just turned 40, right? <laughs> he's going to be 30. Oh, whoops. Close. You know, he's, he's getting there, but man, yeah. Don't remind me, but no, but I felt like this was an album that we, we kind of connected on in, mm. in, in that way, you know, and it's, it's so much, so much fun. And there's just so much in there that we recognize from our, from our past. And it's just, it's, it has enough for both. And uh, you know, I could, I could pinpoint, like you mentioned, like you two and, little hints of this and hints of that. And we can, you and I can do that. We can go back and we can listen to this stuff and say, yeah, this is this, this is this, this is that. And then, you know, connect those dots back and then, you know, try to get people inspired and, and get them to listen to that stuff that we listen to. Hopefully people are doing that with, by, by doing this cast. So uh, by talking about some of these old ancient albums, <laughs> that yeah, were, and, and, you know, and the, the but, great thing about it is, is we, cause you talk, you talk a lot about on other episodes that you feel you missed certain certain eras of music because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you were reflecting back and, and catching up on some of the older stuff. Yeah, right. You know, and and this was one of those. And for me, it was it, it was kind of similar too. It was I was still listening to some new stuff, but not not buying a lot of new stuff. But I was I was familiar with what the popular alt pop rock songs were and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But this was something that you can kind of grab onto and and start to like connect to now is like oh okay here's some new music that i can enjoy because like i said you know green day was right around the corner get behind me satan from the white stripes would come out i think that the following year i think oh five or oh six so there was that that swell like i said kings of leon with with sex on fire a lot of this stuff was starting to kind of regenerate i guess and for people that were waiting for that kind of stuff not grunge and not some other stuff just good just good straight up just rock and roll and good straight up rock music yeah this this was like a grabbing point. This was like the ledge that you can kind of put your fingers on. Yeah. It, during that time when there's all, you know, all this other stuff. Again, a lot of other great music, not not besmirching rap or or indie or any of these other things, but from a rock standpoint, mm-hmm. this was this was an album that you can kind of sink your teeth into and be like, oh, okay. Uh it's yeah. it's gonna be all right. There's someone, there's someone out there. You know, <laughs> right, like there is like yeah. Like, I don't feel like, oh, all, you know, like, oh, you know, everything today is shit, you know. Or, no, you know, absolutely all, not. Only, all the old stuff is like, oh, the killers is like, oh, there's hope. Yeah. That's the way absolutely. I felt back then. There, there really is. And, and you know, I I wanted to kind of listen to a lot. I was, you know, 
acclimating myself to a lot a lot of other stuff on the other side of it as well but yeah but it, in this case you you were you're right i did i was paying more attention i i had to because I, I wanted to everybody around me was listening to this kind of stuff so i there was no i had no choice really <laughs> you know so like i remember back in the day when you and i you know you were always on the on you know on the, always first with the new bands like you were listening to like like people like the smithereens and that you you know uh, the bodines you got me into bands like that um which i would have never really considered or, or you know like but you always l- were looking for that sort of edge that pop edge to things and and i was always appreciative of that and here it's like basically the same thing where other people were listening to something and i was like oh well that's great stuff yeah. and you know i could i could I dig that, but yeah. here but we, let me, we didn't get into this together too. This was another one of these albums that it's, it's right, yeah, that we never talked, never, never knew you were into the Killers, and you probably never knew I was until right. we, you know, threw, threw it out to Eric on the list, and the Killers was on the list. <laughs> Eric's like, "Oh, how about Hot Fuss?" I'm like, "You better believe it. You better believe it. Let's do it." You know. So that's the great thing about this too is we're discovering commonalities. Yeah. that we didn't know we had as well. You know, that's because because right. it was that lost era of music where. Things were just kind of floating around. And if you can grab onto something like the Killers or grab onto the White Stripes, yep. uh, Black Keys, any of those groups in that time, because it wasn't too many. So you you really had to kind of find one and, and latch onto it. And, I'm, you know, the Killers was was the one. I, and that's just happenstance or, or happy coincidence that we both kind of latched onto to this type of an album and, and at this at that time as well. So, yeah, there was um. It, oddly enough, on their first album, they had already started a, like a three-part song cycle mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with with t- two songs on the album, uh, Midnight Show and Jenny Was a Friend of Mine, are, are parts two and three of what they're calling the Murder Trilogy. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, okay. the first part was a B-side uh, called Leave the Bourbon on the Shelf. So they were actually even experimenting with kind of some longer form concept material where you had to stitch it together yourself because those songs are not – uh, in order mm-hmm. on the album and they're, they're not next to each other and they're not even in the order of two and three. So um, they're, they're kind of, kind of, I don't want to say they're a thinking man's band, but they're already kind of fooling around with that kind of stuff and, and playing with, with multiple well, they're trying episodic to fool stories. Yeah. They're, tr- they're, they're trying to get you to, you know, we talked about re- that with rush, right? With you-, the, you said with rush, there was the, those, those songs, but they were peppered out over different albums. It was like yeah. part one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, they they did they did the same thing here. They were kind of fooling with that. Well, if, if, I figured that that's cool though. When you're when you really gravitate, like I, I I mentioned before, like a lot of the bands from my youth. If I got into that band, I got into that band. I got to know them. I have to, yeah, you know, I had to get everything you know that they did. You know, whether it was in within the group solo soundtrack work whatever whatever it was i i had to have it you know and i had to really i felt like that's really how i get you know sifting through the dirt as it were like getting your fingernails dirty when you really get to know these people because they're it's important to you know to really get into that because you you do pick up on these kinds of things you know reoccurring themes reoccurring lyrics you know uh, you get to know them all this kind of stuff and it's interesting you know oh that song yeah but check it out. They, you know, he says the same thing. Like I could think of an example, like Sting, with uh, every little thing she does is magic, right? The, you know, the, the the end of the song, whereas you know, it's a big enough umbrella, but it always ends at me getting wet, right? Well, he repeats that line in 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 a song from Synchronicity, yep. right? It was it was um, 
what was it? Um, uh, he actually did that in Love is the Seventh Wave, too, from yeah. Dreaming of the Blue Turtles. At That's the right. end of that, he was calling back to to every breath you take. So, Oh, my when, God. From Synchrony. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So when you take that journey with yeah. the artist, it's kind of, you kind of feel like you're in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. They, these guys had an in because they were already calling back to stuff that we were familiar with, even though it wasn't specific riffs or anything like that. And, you know, g- talking about what the second, because you mentioned, you know, uh, when, when you were young, uh, from Samstown, which Samstown yeah. was their follow-up and it came out in, in 2006. Yeah. And that was, uh, <laughs> um, okay. They, they really went with like the rock aesthetic, but they went also with like, they all looked like the band. They looked like they were in the band. <laughs> like, like Brandon flowers grew like a mustache. He looked like Rick Danko from the band. Like if you look yeah. at some pictures, they, like were, they really yeah, went with that like odd. heart, that heartland like Americana look mm-hmm. and, and the music kind of reflected it. So we talked about like, well, you can write your own meal ticket as, as to what you want to do with your yeah. next album. And here's just some of the, here's just some of what, what people said the influences were for Samstown. And, and this is going to, we, we, we talked about the killer, you know, uh, hot fuss flock of seagulls, a lot of the 80s stuff. We kind of, you know, dance music, yeah. Here's some of the influences mentioned for Samstown. U2, Duran Duran, Bruce Springsteen, The Beatles, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Electric Light Orchestra, and Dire Straits. <laughs> that's quite that's quite the <laughs> list. Wow, what an eclectic <laughs> But not really but, dance, right? That's mostly rock music. That's mostly yeah. like uh, American rock music. Right. Uh, you know, ELO would be on the uh, ELO and Dire Straits would be uh, kind of on the outer edge of that. And Duran Duran would, would represent some of the dancey or new wavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But Samstown is, is straight up a rock. Like the, the, that whole dancey and synthy sound was gone from Samstown. And, and yeah. that was kind of the direction they, they went in. It's kind of like, Oh, okay. You, yeah. You know, good. <laughs> so they did that, but then you get to an album like imploding the mirage from uh, 2020, which was, straight up eighties, straight yeah. up new wave. I mean, the, the, pretty much that whole album to me is like, it's just a callback to that era and that, and that sound, you know? So you talk about the Rand Rand flock of seagulls kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was, that was pretty much the, the sound they were gravitating. So they were taking, literally taking what they were doing from the first album. And, and now we're doing a straight up rock record. We're doing a straight up eighties type record. We're doing yeah. This kind of thing, very specific sounding stuff, but you know, but to, to have all of that in, in the first album is, is, is fantastic to start that way and to kind of give you a taste of what's to come and what, you know, and showing you the kind of music that they're into. And, you know, we're not afraid to go here. We're not afraid to go there. Yeah. You know, we can, we, you know, we can give you both. We can give you all of it. And that's not, that's not easy to do, man. That is, that's uh that's commitment. <laughs> That's, yeah. you know. and, and you know who played on Imploding the Mirage? Who's that? Mr. Lindsey Buckingham. Did he really? He did. That's right. He did. I did hear that. <laughs> I did hear he, that. Uh, he had, uh, he played lead guitar on the song Caution, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how can, you know, I, we, they just. Didn't he perform they're in, with them? They're in. They're in. Didn't he perform with them as well on uh, like SNL or something like that? He might have. He might have. I, I think I heard that. So yeah, that he, if, you, you know, if, if, the kill, if you're gonna if ELO and then Lindsay if if ELO is gonna be mentioned as an influence and then Lindsay Buckingham's gonna play on the album, well, for the thirty three twenty four podcast, you're in the Hall of Fame. You just made it into the Pantheon. 
<laughs> I was just about to say it's not it's not thirty three twenty four without mentioning LB or or and, Jeff Lynn. JL. <laughs> it, it's, it's you know, know. we we want a few episodes without it, but you know because we couldn't fit we couldn't fit that into ACDC. We could not fit no could not fit Lindsey Buckingham but or you, Jeff Lynn. You seem into to ACDC. find a way though. You really do, and you know, well, that's a, that's a testament to both of those guys because they they found ways to to. to work with some of these people and, and or got, got the call. Yeah. That people that's right. you know, uh, were like, yeah, Lindsay, cause Lindsay Buckingham doesn't really get, you know, he's not prolific. He's not a prolific guest star. He does do stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah for him to show up on a killer's album is kind of like, Oh, okay. That's kind of, kind of, kind of a shame. Cause he, I think he would, would have been so great at that as, as being a producer and, and, yeah. you know, you know, collaborator with other people. But anyway, yeah, um, he just, uh, you know, sticks to, <laughs> Sticks to his dysfunctional relationships. That's what that's he, he can't have a regular relationship. That's the problem. There you, there, there, there you go. <laughs> oh so, boy. So you are you familiar with the first strokes album? Did you did you take a listen no, to that? I was intrigued that when when I was re, when I was doing the research yeah. about this and I and I read that Brandon Flowers had said, Oh my God, that is such a great album and and I don't think we're up to it. And it, it really disheartened him. Like he it was did. really like, like he listened to that and he said, what, what are we doing? Like, how are we ever, ever going to match that? And he even still, still says in recent interviews, he says, our album was, was good. I mean, we did, we did well with our first album, but he still loves that Strokes album. And I'm, I'm going to go seek it out because it really intrigued me how passionate he was about the effect it had on him. I had no you idea know? that it had such a profound effect And you don't even really hear about that, right? You don't hear, but usually no. artists are kind of like, Oh, I don't listen to new stuff. I'm, I, you know, I'm too busy doing my own thing. Yeah. Or, or they're inspired by it, right? Like, oh, I heard this and it made me want to do this. Not, I heard this and I'm like, the hell with this. I, you know, we're not up to, we're not up to par. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did take a listen. Uh, I've uh-huh. heard it a few times actually, and but today I actually listened to it in pre- in prep. And uh-huh. yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a solid debut. I wouldn't say that it's uh, better than this record. I mean, I think they really put the, put the pulse, uh, they had the finger on, on the overall production sense of this record. Mm -hmm. That was key. Strokes is, is pretty much uh, post-punk. It's more, you know, more raw. It's more stripped down. Maybe that's what they were looking for. I don't know. Maybe that's why they went back to their demos when they, when they, when he heard that, they said, well, we're going to re-record our stuff. Yeah. And then went back, heard the re-record, and they're like, nah, you know what? We we like the energy on on the original demo, so let's master those. Yeah. You know, and, and that might have been a result of that where he was trying to he thought that he didn't have what it took, right? And and wanted to redo it, but turns out the original stuff was was there. It was bad already, as yeah, to to, to take one of their album titles. Yeah. <laughs> I I I I you know, like I said, I, I, I think the album's fine. The strokes are great. Right. I, I, but, uh, but there's a certain, but there are, you know, there were other bands doing that in this period as well. They were using a, a, a lot more sort of live sound to their, yeah. to their recordings and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that going on too, but, uh, I don't know. I just think there's they, no one they, like the killers they, though. That's the thing. They there's freaking no knocked it out of the park with this debut. I, yeah. I, I absolutely yeah, I yeah. There's no great. other band that really sounds no. like them. They right, and, and I don't. I don't think they. I could be wrong, but I don't think they spawned like knockoffs. You know, it was so unique that what what they were doing. I don't. I don't think there was other bands that came out afterwards. Like, oh, this is kind of like the Killers. Yeah. I don't think so because it was so so like 
particular to them and particular to the influences and how they pulled it all together. I think if anybody else tried it, it might be like top heavy of too much rock or top heavy of too much synth. I, I, and if, you didn't if, see any any copycats. If I were to say, I mean, Franz Ferdinand, that first record, I think yeah. was Take Me Out. I, that was another close. one I was always listening to. That was that was close, but they they were to me they always seemed more like a the kind of band you'd hear in Europe. Yeah, they were more, a little more alternative sounding. They were they were sort of like the European like sort of club dance yeah. type band. That's the kind of stuff you. I was go, just I was just listening you know, to Take Me Out before we we yeah. came on. <laughs> and it had that it same that. like it, it it had that like it had that little introduction and then it would yeah. and then it, it turned into like that and it built up yep so there is a, some similarity there but i think the killers has a more rock infused sound to their stuff yeah. underlying that that just that rock and, and ferdinand i think is more sort of i like think a little gravitating more to the dance thing i think but uh but i didn't really follow them as as much I know uh, our friend Andy is a big fan of, of that band as well. Um, so he was really into them for a time. And, um, but, but he also loves yeah, the Killers. Yeah, I had the Franz Ferdinand, I had the Franz Ferdinand yeah. CD as well. Okay. Uh, didn't listen to that as nearly as much as this. I mean, mm -hmm. this was just kind of yeah, – you know who else was around at this time, I think? But they, they were kind of a little more poppy was Maroon 5. You know, yeah. and, and they were kind of pop not, – not rocky rock – more more pop rock but they were kind of their first album in, in i this, thought was in, killer yeah, yeah songs about jane and i think that was around this era as well so there was kind of you know again you could say oh well oh, maroon five is really poppy but no nah, they, they were kind of kind of in the mix as well they, well yeah i mean that first like to me it was more r&b-ish more soul infused it was a you know i yeah. i think he you know yeah you're right and then Actually, they just that went was 2000 that was 2002 i was way off and then they just went completely like all electronic and yeah. dance, you know, which I don't like, you know, I don't wake like, up call. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, why, <laughs> why, why isn't even a band anymore? Yeah. You know, it's just basically him. And yeah, know, I mean, it became Adam Levine, yeah, Adam but... Levine. It's like, it's like, he's, he it, is Maroon five now. Like, you know, they don't even mention became, the other, he you know. became the voice. There's another one. I hit another there, one. There, that's a gem right there. That's going to close out. That, that's going to be the last one for this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think if, if you listen to, to Hot Foss and Samstown, I think it's a, they're nice companion pieces to see a band uh, come out with a particular sound and then f focus in on one element of what they do and make an album based on that, which yep. again, you don't see out. Usually it's it's repeat the formula. Mm -hmm. Right. Like your second, your sophomore album is kind of, it's either going to be something radically different that it's a head scratcher because you don't know what to do, or you're going to try and replicate what you did because it was so popular. And that's kind of what the pressure, pressure you're getting from the record company. So this yeah. was, uh, listen to, listen to Hot Fuss and then listen to Sam's Town. I think it's a nice, it's a nice one, two punch of, of seeing a band really break out and then them deciding We've got you know three or four or five different branching paths we could take. Which one are we going to take? And, and then they took they took the rock one for the second album. Yeah, I'm curious. And that didn't that... mean that they couldn't veer off it because they had that song Human. Yeah. Um, you know, so they were able to kind of then from there say, okay, well, we're going to go back to this other aspect of what we do as well. Like they didn't they didn't forsake the other sounds just because they took a rock turn on the second album. It was kind of mm -hmm. like it wasn't like oh well this is what we are. It's like the killers are all that. So here's one facet and then we're going to yeah. pivot and we're going to adjust and we're going to go, we're going to have another facet on another album. Right. 
Which I'm curious. Neat. I'm curious if any, you know, all you Killers fans out there, um, see if you agree and drop us yeah. a line. I'd love. We'd love to hear your comments on uh, who, which, which album you prefer. Where can they do that? You know, oh, the, good. Us thirty three twenty four podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us there and absolutely join the conversation with us. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to hear what what album do you prefer? The first album, Samstown, or even something later. I mean, what do you, what, yeah. what are you into? So we'd love to hear from you. Hit and us that up. Would be yeah. Just wow, you you just really you segued us perfectly into the end of this episode. Thank you for that. That was smooth. Oh, that was to, to, to quote Carlos Santana. That was smooth. smooth. Yeah, that was well. See, that was out at the time too, right? They, they, all these guys. That was like John, early two. That was like early two thousands. Right? John Mayer, right? Now it's now it's all coming flooding back. Now now it's like all these John, people are just popping. Was out. Mayer late nineties or was he two thousand? No, he was the early two thousands. Yeah, was, okay. he was on the Good. scene with yeah. I think it was around two three oh three. Okay. Yeah, with well, that we'll first have record, to, we'll have yeah. to dig into it. So, see, we're you yeah. know. <laughs> it's not it's not just the 70s here no no <laughs> no so sir. what do you think that's going to do it for this episode of the no. 3324 podcast thank you so much for joining us we had a blast talking about hot fuss by the killers you can find a whole back catalog of full-length episodes you can find shorter episodes you could find a series we did about the book of boba fett if you're brave enough to tackle that one by all means <laughs> join us there uh and also like we said hit us up on on social media we've got a great facebook group at 3324 podcast you can join it's free to join no id required just come <laughs> on in we, we will let you in you can post you can join the conversation you can talk about the killers you can talk about other music and movies that you love mm -hmm. so that's gonna Absolutely. do it right yeah i think so that's it that's it <laughs> stop talking i'm done i'm done <laughs> we're done <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 podcast. For Eric, this has been Dean. We will catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 